this morning to the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter number two, Ruth chapter number two, and we've enjoyed the music this morning as always, and I was thinking while Brother Brian was singing certainly of the faithfulness of God, but after hearing the hymns this morning and the music that's been sung, I was just thinking, I feel sorry for those that have left the songs of Zion for the songs of this world. They just don't, they just don't do anything for you. Uh, Ruth chapter number two, uh, the Lord put this thought on my mind uh, some time ago, and uh, as he gives me thoughts the way my mind works, I'll churn them in my mind, and he'll just begin to uh, develop a message and to give me the t- right time to give it. And this morning, I want you to pay close attention to me. I'm going to read one verse of scripture uh, for my text this morning, and then I want you to uh, allow me to be your pastor. Uh, and you say, well, well, obviously you are our pastor. There's a difference in me being your pastor because it says so by my name and you allowing me to be your pastor. And so this morning, I want you to listen very carefully to me and I want you to allow me uh, to be your pastor this morning. And I believe I'll be a help to you. Uh, I know that the Word of God will be a help to us. And uh, certainly there's a great truth here that I want us to be reminded of, but I want us to be reminded of how we bring this truth about in our life. A lot of times we know what we should do. We don't focus on how we should do or how it should be done or how it, we go about doing it. And so I want you to listen very carefully this morning. Uh, Ruth chapter number 2, verse of Scripture, verse number 12. Listen very carefully to the Bible this morning. The Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. There is an undeniable fact that it pays to serve God. There's an undeniable fact that those who live by faith not only live a life that pleases God, but it's a secure life. It's a blessed life. It's a joyous life. This morning, I want to use this verse of Scripture, and I want to preach on this subject, living under the wings of God. Living under the wings of God. I want to use this verse this morning, these truths that God has given me, to present to us that we have two choices. We either live under the wings of God, or we live outside of God's care. Those are the two choices. I choose that I want to live under the wings of God's care. Let's ask the Lord to help us this morning. Father, I pray that you would use the Word of God today as you've used it so many times, not just in my life, but in the life of the people who sit before you today. And Father, may these truths that you have given me and I know that they are true. May you help me as I deliver them to your people today. And Father, may we determine, may we decide, may we reaffirm that we're going to live under your care. May we realize there's, there's some things that have to take place in our life. Uh, but Father, may we be reminded of how great of a God you are today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth is such a beautiful picture of God's care for us, Christ's care for us, 
in the fact of the Ruth and her kinsman redeemer, Boaz. Boy, aren't you thankful that Christ loved us enough to die for us? He loved us enough to pay our sin debt. But I want to, in the midst of this book where we find that picture, I want you to, I want us to draw our focus this morning to a very important truth and some very important principles that are tied to that truth. And we find it at the end of verse number 12. There's some things that Boaz says to Ruth, and I'll review those in just a moment. But he concludes that verse with, Under whose wings thou art come to trust. With that in mind, I want to very quickly give you the history of the story from which we read this morning. Uh, Ruth comes into the story after Elimelech and Naomi, husband and wife, they leave the people of God, they leave the will of God because life had gotten difficult. Let's be honest, there's a famine in the land and famines are not fun. But they went to the land of Moab. They left where God had them and they went to the land of Moab. And when they went to Moab, they took their two sons with them, Malion and Chilion. And in the land of Moab, they met two Moabitish women. And by the way, mom and dad, this is not my message. But what do you think your kids are going to meet when you take them to the world? And young people, what do you think you're going to find when you go to the world? Moab is a picture of the world. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean we leave where God's got us and go where we think it's going to be easier because Naomi, who went out full, comes back empty. But when they're in Moab, her two, the two sons get married. It was not long that Limelech dies. Now Naomi is left with her two sons and her two Moabitess daughter-in-laws. After some time, her two sons die. Now she is left with the two daughter-in-laws that her sons met and married while in Moab. We probably are familiar with this story, but in case you're not, I would encourage you to read Ruth chapter number 1 later today and be reminded that Naomi comes to her daughter-in-law's Two ladies, one by the name of Orpah and the other one by the name of Ruth. And she tells them that she is going back to her home. She tells them to go back to their family and basically tells them goodbye and that I'm leaving. But very famously as this story goes, and we'll refer to it again later in the message, in verse number 16 of chapter number 1, and I summarize, and Ruth says, where you're going, I'm going. Your people are going to be my people. Very importantly, she says, your God is going to be my God. And so, Ruth <clears throat> comes back without <clears throat> her husband. She comes back without her two sons. But I'm reminded of several things, and I'll mention them quickly to get to the message I want to get to today, that when you go, you can always come back. And aren't you thankful for that? But you leave something behind. But God is such a great God that in the midst of our own mistakes, the midst of our own misery, God can reach in there and He can bring a Ruth back 
with a Naomi. Now, Naomi has returned with Ruth. As was the custom of the day, they were left to be cared for at the hand of others. Ruth would now go down to the fields, and after the harvest was taken, they could glean that which was left behind that was not gathered up. She goes to the field, as we get into chapter number 2, we go to the field of a man by the name of Boaz. And if you know the history of Israel, you understand the significance of this man named Boaz. And Boaz has his fields, and Ruth is going to go, and she's going to glean. She's going to pick up the leftovers, as the poor did, as the widow did, as those that had nobody to care for them. While she was there, she caught the attention of Boaz. Boaz asked her who she is, why she's there, and in the midst of that conversation, Ruth gives an explanation of who she is, and and Boaz tells her that he's going to let her as a Moabitess, go with the other women and pick up. And as a matter of fact, Ruth chapter 2 is a wonderful chapter. Boaz gives instruction as they are harvesting and they are gathering. And he says, leave just some handfuls on purpose along the way. So there's a little extra. We get to our text verse in the midst of that conversation and as he explains to her that verse number eight then said Boaz unto Ruth hearest thou not my daughter go not to glean in another field neither go from hence but abide here fast by my maidens Boaz was a man who had some means of significance and of course if you know the story you know how this plays out Verse 9, let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they should not touch thee? When thou art a thirst, go into the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. She's not only going to get to pick up more, when she gets thirsty. He said, you go and you drink out of those vessels when you get thirsty. Verse 10, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? Thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband. Now how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of the nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. And of course, our text verse The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Ruth is going to be provided for. Ruth is in, by the customs of that day, there's going to be some things that take place, and that kinsman redeemer, Boaz, is going to redeem this Moabitess, this stranger, redeem her unto himself. And incidentally, it's wonderful to see how God works. And there'll be a grandson by the name of Jesse. 
There'll be a great-grandson by the name of David. As out of the lineage of David comes a Savior to save mankind. But I want us to notice what got Boaz's attention. Boaz noticed that Ruth lived under the wings of God. I want us to look in this passage of Scripture, and as we do, I want to be reminded this morning that, and I want you to listen very carefully to me because this will be helpful to all of us. It'll be helpful to you today because I understand that there are some in this room this morning that since this time a year ago, there are widows in this room that you were not a widow this time a year ago. There are widowers in the room today. You were not a widower this time a year ago. There are some who have burdens today that did not have even 30 days ago. Have situations with their family, with their health, with their wealth, and different situations where there's some difficulty. Kind of like you go to a land and you marry a young man and that man dies and you leave your land to go back with your mother-in-law and you've got nobody to care for you. You've got nobody to provide for you. But some things had to take place so that you would survive and you would have victory and you could endure and go on. And I believe there's some great, great truths we see in this scripture this morning when it comes to living under the wings of God. Because that makes good preaching just to say, I want to live under God's care. Oh, we can rejoice and, and we can wave a hand when somebody sings about living under the wings of God and the songs that remind us about the care of God. But friend, there's more to it than just saying it and pronouncing it and claiming it. There is some action that must take place when it comes to truly living under the wings of God. Because when you live under the wings of God, you are depending on that God to provide the shelter for you. You are depending on that God to provide the protection for you. The, 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 the symbolism, the, the small little chick that, that is under that hen and in living under those wings does not tell mom how to care for her, just depending on living under those wings. This morning, I want us to see some truths found in this one verse of Scripture that if you'll allow them, they will comfort us today. If we allow them, they will help us today. If we allow them to the things that we have to face even in the future, it will enable us to just simply get under God's care and let God keep us. Let me say number one, living under the wings of God is a choice. God is not a respecter of persons. There are Christians today who live under the care of God. They live under the wings of God. They have comfort by the God who cares for them. Then there are Christians who do not live under the wings of God. They are not interested in God's protection. They are not interested in what God could do for them. They are going to do it on their own. They're going to live as though everything depends on them. God did not choose to care for some and choose to not care for others. He does not choose to strengthen some to carry their burdens and 
choose not to strengthen some others. No, it is a choice to live under the wings of God. It got Boaz's attention because here was a stranger in the land. Here was a Moabitess who decided to do what some Jews, no doubt, would not do. I'm just going to live under the care of God. Oh, when you're a stranger in a far land and you've got nothing, and you've got to go down to the fields and pick up the leftovers just to survive, you've got to decide something. You've got to decide who you're going to care, who you're going to put your care under, and who you're going to depend on. Notice this. I want you to look chapter number 1 and verse number 16. As I remind all of us from the Bible today that living under the wings of God is a choice. You can sing about it, but that does not mean you're living it. You can say amen in a church service when it's said that does not mean you're living it. You can grow up in Sunday school and it does not mean you're living it. It is a choice. Verse 16 of chapter 1, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Ruth decided, if I'm going, then... I'm making your people my people. The Jews may never look at me as one of them, but I'm going to look at them as I'm, I'm one of them. Your family is my family. Because Ruth had said, go back to your family. I, Naomi had said, go back to your family. And Ruth said, I'm not going to go back to my family. I'm going to go with you. And now your family is going to be my family. But she did not stop there. She said, if I go with you, and I am, your God is my God. I'm not taking the false idols with me. I'm not taking these false, this false religion with me. Your God is going to be my God. She made a decision. You know, what we take, you know what we do wonders in the life of a lot of people today, a lot of Christians today, if they would say, well, I don't want to just talk about my pastor's God. I want, I want everybody to know that the same God that he loves and the same God he preaches about, the same God he believes in, that's my God too. You know what would be wonderful at those who grow up in Christian homes and grow up in our Sunday school ministry and grow up in our youth programs, if they would get to a place in their life where they decide, I'm choosing God to be my God. Friend, as a child of God, you can sit on these church pews week after week after week, but you need to decide, he's mine. He's mine. I'm thankful that I can look in the past, and I talked this morning a little bit about our heritage in Sunday school. I'm thankful for those who came before me and passed that heritage down. But this morning, that, I don't have to get excited thinking about what God did for them. I can get excited thinking about what God has done for me, and I can get excited thinking about the decisions I made in my life to choose. He's going to be my God. Some of you would have victory today if you decided that you're going to get under his wings. If you live long enough, you live long enough, your pastor's choice isn't going to work. It isn't going to cover you. You've got to decide. The young people sitting in the building today, you got to thank God you got a Christian mom and dad. You got to thank God they brought you to the church today. The time's coming. You have to choose.
Is he going to be your God? See, living under the wings of God is a choice. All of us, when difficulty comes our way, when trials come our way, we have to decide, are we going to live under his care or not? And if we decide to live under his care, we can choose his care over the care of others. We can choose his care over the being tossed to and fro. She was a decision under whose wings thou art come to trust. Of thee of the Lord God of Israel. It's obvious to Boaz that she had made the choice. I wonder how obvious it would be in the lives of those who we work with, who we live with, how obvious it is that I've just decided just to live under his care. I wonder if anybody knows us. Well, I got a feeling that if we decide this, that it's going to be pretty obvious in our life. I move very quickly. Statement number two is this. Don't miss this one. Living under the wings of God is a process. Notice the Bible. The Lord recompense, verse 12, our text verse, the Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. Watch this. Under whose wings thou art come to trust. Please, 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 please do not miss this. When she decided, when Ruth decided in chapter 1, verse 16, that Jehovah God would be her God, she had not learned to trust Him. It was a process that got her to the point where she could say, He's my God. The decision is made first. Then the process takes place, and you can declare it. I'm just going to live under His wings. She said in chapter 1, verse 16, My God will be your God, and my, my, your people my people. And so the customs are discussed with Naomi of what is going to be required of her to go and find a way for them to live. Now I'm going to go down to the fields with the other widows and the poor and just pick up what is left over so that we have enough to sustain, our step, sustain, our, sustain ourselves. So she learned the customs and what was necessary, and she went, and when she gets there, lo and behold, she finds favor in the man Boaz. And in this favor of God, she is learning, and Boaz makes the statement, under whose wings thou art come to trust. She went under his wings before she had learned to fully trust him. She had submitted to God before she even really fully understood who he was. She said, I'm going to let God take care of me, and, and in doing that, I will learn to trust him. There are too many Christians today who have the mindset, well, when I know I can trust God, then I'll place myself under his care. That's not how it works. You decide that I'm going to live under his wings, and then once you get under there, you'll discover how, how warm and cozy it is in his care. You'll discover that under here, I don't see all of the danger. I don't see all of the distraction. I don't see 
all of the things that can harm me. Matter of fact, I've got a lot less to worry about while I'm under here. You know, the, the preaching I've heard my whole life, it really is true. When you just give it all to God and get under His care and you let Him take care of it, I don't have as much to worry about. I feel very safe. I feel very secure. But don't miss this. You don't feel that way when you decide to just give it to God. You don't feel that way when you just decide, I'm going to follow His leadership. You don't feel that way when you decide, Mom and Dad, I'm going to rear my children according to this book. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I'm going to do what God said. You don't feel that way when you have a burden and you have a heartache and you have a trial, but you have to decide, I am going to make Him my God. I am going to live under His care. And after some time, you discover how wonderful, how safe, how secure, the best advice I could give you as your pastor this morning is don't wait until you feel like God's got it in control. Don't wait until you're convinced it's going to all be okay. You feel that way after you just decide, I'm going to live under His wings. I'm going to live under His care. See, Naomi didn't have the luxury because of the circumstances that had taken in her life. She didn't have the luxury to weigh out whether or not it was going to pay to serve Jehovah God. She didn't have a choice. But Boaz said, it, it was obvious to him, thou art come to trust. This thought brings me to the third statement this morning. Living under the wings of God requires faith. What causes us to make this choice? Faith. Is it not true that faith pleases God? Is it not true if it's not a faith, it is sin? Is it not true that faith is the key that unlocks the heart of God. It is faith that moves God. Think about our salvation. It was faith that brought us our salvation. It is through faith that we are saved. It is through faith and dependence on God and living under His wings requires faith. When the decision was made by Ruth to live under His wings, she did not know about Boaz. She did not know that at the end of this short book, Boaz was going to redeem her. Boaz was not just going to be the kind man that gave her some food. Boaz was going to marry her, and now she owns the fields with Boaz that she used to go back and glean under. If there's not a powerful and obvious picture to you and I this morning. Uh, I don't know that I can paint it any clearer than Scripture paints it. It is an act of faith to say that my God 
is going to take care. My God is going to provide. And as a church today and as Christians, there's a lot of Christians that are a little nervous about what's going on in our nation and and rightfully so. But friend, let me remind you that God is always taking care of his people. God is always taking care of his church. God has always provided the way for his people. And what you and I need to do is just be reminded of the decision and by faith say, whatever takes place, I'm going to be under his wings. I'm going to be under his care. That's God's problem to solve. That's God's way to make. That's God's direction to give. And I just have to, by faith, decide that I'm going to place myself under his care. Another way of saying this, it would be a great, great time for Christians to take their hands off of the will. Let God control. Let God do what only God can do. It takes faith to choose. It takes faith to stick with your choice long enough so that you can discover as Ruth did, so the testimony can be as Ruth was, that she had come to trust. Think about the faith that Boaz saw in this Moabitess. And part of the reason why, study the story, part of the reason why Boaz was able to redeem her unto himself is because there were others who did not want her. They didn't want the, the Moabitess. They didn't want because she would taint them. That's how he was able to redeem her. But think about the faith that he saw in her. Here's a woman from a strange land. And it was certainly true then, and it's certainly true today. Uh, Jews have strong opinions about other races, and other races have strong opinions about Jews. And, it, and for her to say, I'm still going to make those people my people, I'm still going to make your family my family, and your God's going to be my God. The faith that it took on behalf of Ruth got the attention of Boaz. Of course, God worked the rest of the plan, but it takes faith to choose and faith to prioritize, faith to trust. And then the fourth statement, and this is what I want us to see. I gave you the first three points, but they're really kind of introductions to point number four. Living under the wings of God, don't miss this, brings blessings equal to the investment. Notice verse number 12. Let me give you that statement again. Living under the wings of God brings blessings. There's not a period there. But it brings blessings equal to the investment. The investment of what? The investment of faith, the investment of obedience, the investment of belief. Watch what the Bible says, verse 12. The Lord recompense thy work. The word rep recompense means to compensate. And not just to compensate, but it means very specifically to make return of an equivalent. It's not just... You know, it's, it's, I'm just going to pay you what, or I'm just going to give you. It's no, may the Lord give you equal to that which you've invested, Ruth. 
her faith was such, her commitment was such, that Boaz didn't just ask for her to get a blessing. May your blessing be so big that it be equal to the amount of faith that you've put in this. See, many of us will say, I want to live under the wings of God so I can be blessed. And there's blessings under the wings of God. Many will say, oh, I want to live under His care because oh, it's, it, there's security there. And, oh, friend, there's security under His care. And oh, I want to live under His care because then I don't have to worry about my burdens as much. And, and God just provides for you. And God comforts you. And God takes care of you. And friend, all of that is true. But the blessing that is talked about in the life of Ruth is equal to the amount of faith that she has invested. And so the message is this this morning. If you want to enjoy the comfort of being under the wings of God, you'll enjoy that to the equivalent of what you've invested in your faith. Everybody wants to reap the benefits of God's blessings. What fool would not want that? Who would not want to say, I want to just receive the blessings of God? The problem is, in the life of a lot of Christians, we don't understand and we're not willing to commit by faith that which belongs to the Lord so that we can receive the security, we can receive the comfort, we can receive the blessings that come from only living under His care. It's going to be equal. A lot of times God requires things of us that make our faith, it insists our faith grow. Some of these are personal things. I believe God allows it to come in to families, in churches. And as a church, are we willing to invest an amount of faith to enjoy His blessings, to enjoy the security, to enjoy the comfort? But don't miss this important truth because I'm afraid a lot of Christians miss this and they think they can just claim it. A decision has to be made. This is the way I'm going to live. And when you make that choice and you make that decision, let me just help you out. You'll need to live under the wings of God. You'll need His care. You'll need His security. That word recompense is so important because it indicates that the reward, notice what else Boaz says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel. The payment is equivalent to the work. What was Boaz, Boaz was saying, may the Lord bless you in a great way due to your great faith. You want a great blessing of God? How big is your faith? You want to feel the comfort and security of living under His wings? Well, it's going to require faith. Little faith. Little rest. Little faith. Little reward. Great faith, great reward. You never get great faith, you never get great rewards, I'm sorry, you never get great rewards from little faith. You must make the decision to put it all on Him. 
we could learn something from this Moabitish Ruth. She had things brought to her. She had no intention. She had no idea. She, her husband had been taken from her. Her brother-in-law. Her father-in-law. And now that's what's custom even in Moab when that woman was married. She left that family and went with the new family. And now this family that she had joined was all being taken from her. But she decided, I'm going to go. Your God will be my God. We want the blessings of chapter 2 and verse 12. I'm afraid many times we don't want to make the commitment that's required in chapter 1, verse 16. There are some, tragically and sadly, it's heartbreaking to think of, they will die and pay for their own sins in hell. Not because they won't hell. They just don't want to make the commitment of faith on the one way to heaven. There's a lot of Christians, sadly, that'll live a defeated life and they'll never know what it's like to have God care for them in a way that they didn't know God could care for them because they've never lived under the wings of God because they never made the decision that He was going to be my God. And it's something you and I have to learn as well, that when we're under the wings of God and you hear that thunder and the rain begins to fall, the storm comes, there's no need to peek, stay under the wings. There's no, we, there's no reason, there's no need to try and find another shelter. Stay under the wings. Well, Pastor, I thought that if I chose God, no storms would come. No, 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 no. God never promised that. He just promised if you stay under my wings, everything's going to be okay. I, I thought that things, everything would be taken care of, and I'd never have a... No, 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 no. God never promised that. But He did say if you just stay under my wings, you'll be safe, you'll be secure... You'll be taken care of. And so many times we face things in our life that we don't know how am I going to go through this or how am I going to get beyond this or how can I, how can I deal with, with down the road. And certainly in the last year, we as a church family have experienced many of these things. Let me just tell you how we press forward. Let me tell you how we go on. And let me tell you, friend, this morning, you may be filled with despair and wondering how you're going to get through the next day. You just stay under the wings of God. It's God's problem. It's God's concerned, you and I must decide, I'm going to live under his wings, and I'm just staying there. He will reward us according to our faith. The Lord recompense thy work. May you get equal return, Ruth, to the faith that you've invested. Think about that this morning. Think of your life as I think of my life. 
What return should you expect on your faith? Let me remind you, faith does not mean you have all the answers. Faith does not mean you even have all the strength that you think you need. I'm going to simplify simplify faith for you this morning. Faith is just staying under the wind. Faith doesn't change circumstances. Faith keeps you under the wings. God changes circumstances. God gives direction. God makes changes. God provides. God shelters. God strengths. What we need today are Christians to say, I'm making a choice. And then it's a process. Say, oh, pastor, I decided a a year ago. I decided six months ago. I decided two years ago. I decided five years ago that I'm just going to... I'm just going to get all in. I'm going to give everything to God. I just, I still have my moments. Let me remind you, it's a process. It's a process. But you learn to trust God. How do you know that God will take care of you if He never has to take care of you? How do you know God will provide for you if He never has to provide for you? How do you have confidence that God's ways are above your ways if He never shows you how much greater He is than you? It's through that process our faith grows and we can have a stronger faith in Him living under the wings of God. Father, I pray.